Thank you for joining us for another podcast from the Commonwealth Club. Hello, and welcome to today's program of the Commonwealth Club of California. My name is Gerald Harris. I am chair of the club's Technology and Society member-led forum. We'll be your host for today's program. The Commonwealth Club is America's longest standing public forum. And especially at this time in our history, we are proud to maintain our focus on informing the public and our members about key local, national, and world developments. The focus of the Technology and Society Member Forum is to expose members, attendees, and the public to current and emerging developments in science and technology, and in the process, generate thinking and ideas about how the use and commercialization of technology is used in creating a better world for all. This is where real people can meet to discuss real issues, place to be in the know. And now to our speaker. Natalie Zatuni is a reality cosmologist and consciousness architect, clairvoyant, energy healer, mystic, generator of ensoulment and an international speaker. She is, she is dedicated to innovative applications of reality models to facilitate personal, social, and planetary transformation. We'll be glad to talk about that. As an information systems architect in 2002, she founded NZ Consulting, a management consulting firm that successfully advised corporations such as Apple, Yahoo, and Safeway on how to meet corporate goals with technology solutions. As a founder of the Conscious Business Center, she is currently engaged in the creation of conscious research ventures around the world. And now, Natalie. Welcome, Natalie. How are you? Thank you for joining us from uh, Tel Aviv. And I am in San Francisco Bay Area. And it's wonderful to be here. Let me um, start this off by letting the, the audience know that uh, I have uh, read uh, much of Natalie's writing, particularly the first book. And let me warn you, people, this is not a fast read. <laughs> uh, this is a deep, deep uh, writing here. And so, Natalie, let me just have you introduce yourself in the way that you want people to know who you are. And... Uh, Give us a little background that, that, that you want to tell about. Okay. Thank you, Gerald. Hello, everybody. My name is Natalie Zaituni. Um, I'm a reality researcher explorer. This is what I'm doing right now, uh, which means I am asking questions and noticing what life uh, brings me back as an answer, and I'm continuously weaving like uh, like the great weavers of the world, continuously weaving my understanding, my perception. My primary focus is reality and consciousness. Uh, how? What is the relationship between reality, consciousness, energy, and how do we create and experience the life that we live? 
It may sound a little bit esoteric, but it has many, many very practical applications. Uh, my background is uh, I'm an engineer, uh, information systems engineer. I spent 20 years uh, in uh, 18 years in San Francisco and in the Bay Area and in Southern California. Uh, so I've had quite a bit of experience and uh, engagement with organizations, with startups, with businesses. Uh, in 2006, indeed, I realized that if we look at businesses and we infuse them with deeper, wider states of consciousness, then maybe the world could be a better place. That's when the whole idea of conscious business um, emerged and uh, then conscious capitalism and so forth. So it's probably um, beyond people, planet, profit. It's really looking at levels of consciousness that a person in an organization can embody. And what happens the deeper the levels of consciousness and understanding of themselves and of the um, interconnectivity that they are a part of, the better value they create and provide for themselves, for their organizations, for their families, for the communities, and for the entire world. So it's kind of a mixture between IT background, technology, business management, consulting, uh, all the way through consciousness research, self-inquiry uh, and uh, many, many self-development programs like the Hoffman Institute. Um, and then all the way through actually digging and asking questions about what is this reality? Who am I? And Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. In fact, I, I would say, Natalie, I, I, I don't know of a person who has made the journey you've made from deep in the technology to where you are now in terms of deep within the self and understanding the self, right? And so it, it may be useful for you to, to share with the audience sort of your, uh, I'll call it the ride in the elevator. <laughs> I, I think uh, in, in the book that was uh, quite amazing, but maybe you should tell people kind of what happened there. Okay, so... I was uh, managing a company that provided uh, ERP, CRM, and IT uh, solutions, working on projects all over the U.S. and all over the world, in fact. And one afternoon, I'm on my way to a board meeting for one of our clients, and it was on Market Street, <laughs> I don't want to tell, say the exact address, but <laughs> it was a building on Market Street. I hit the elevator. I hit the number 11 or 12. I don't know what, I, what it was. I think it, 11th uh, floor. And I asked myself, what are you doing? Where are you going? And the questions that came were from a part of me that was completely, I was completely taken by surprise by these questions. Like, I'm going to a meeting, I have to prepare a presentation, I have to present to the board, and uh, I'm asking existential questions in the elevator on Market Street in San Francisco, but the questions were very, very profound, and they came from a very deep place in me. I was asking, who are you, Natalie? Where are you going? And is this the life you want to live? 
Yes. Now, the questions arose. They kind of confused me for a second, but I'm quite a grounded person. So when I stepped out of the elevator, I said, Natalie, okay, that's fine. These questions, let's leave them behind. We're going to go in. We're going to make the presentation. We're going to do what we need to do. And then after that, I'm going to talk with you later, okay? So I went in, but after that meeting, nothing was the same for me. Nothing. Uh, yeah. Now, in in your your book, you you call this this uh, that the the waking up moment, and this is not like this whole you know wokeness thing we're talking. That, that's not what we're talking about because this is deeply personal, right? And I think when we when we titled this talk, does technology development need a soul, right? In our conversation, we thought the answer was obviously yes, uh, but the question is, well, how does it get one? Right. And what I take from from your book is that uh, you get one by individuals within the whole technology space. Becoming more in soul. Asking the questions you ask. Well, okay. so, Gerald, after that elevator ride, I go back home. I lay my bags and my folders and all my presentation materials. And I asked myself, Natalie, what are these questions in the middle of a blue day in in downtown San Francisco in the business district? What what, what is that? So, of course, when I'm asking questions, the answers do not come right away. They are a process of discovery, which is a very fundamental principle of insolvent. So insolvent, just to make – now, we're kind of moving in time here. So we're actually moving on on, uh, several scales we're moving on the personal, relational, collective scale, okay? Because everything I'm saying is actually relevant on a personal level, on a relational level, and on a collective human species level. So that's one yes. scale that, that we're going to move yes. through. Yeah. And we're yeah. also moving in time. So this elevator ride was just a wake-up call for something that I could have just ignored. I could just, you know what, Nali? We got all these meetings. Your calendar is full. Just let it go. Who cares why you're here and, and what are you doing here and are you really living your life? So this elevator ride created something, created a wake-up call, and people get wake-up call through sickness, through loss, through cancer, through um, epiphanies. Some of them can happen in the middle of nowhere. They can have experiences that, that they cannot quite explain, the mind cannot explain, Okay. So these wake-up calls, they're everywhere. Now, sometime I ask my soul, I said, listen, I, I don't need a wake-up call. Just talk to me. Tell me, <laughs> really, please, don't, don't wake me up. We, we don't need an earthquake of 11,000 people up to date dying under the, the ruins of buildings. We don't need this kind of wake-up calls. We don't need pandemics. We don't need... AI and chat GPT and mid journey taking over our life and then saying, Oh my God, what happened? So what I'm trying to say, there's an attunement that can happen when we actually listen. So the first scale, Uh, now, now hold on. The the first scale we're going to move on is the personal relational and collective. There's another uh, scale that we're going to move on is a scale in time because that, that awakening, I was then 36. That was in 2006. Okay. Um, 
that awakening that, that, that happened or just that triggered created kind of a ripple effect on many, many, in many areas of my life. Okay. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. what ends up happening is there is also the scale of time in this conversation today. So yes, eventually yes. it led to the creation of the installment body of wisdom, I call it. Okay. It's a body of wisdom. Mm-hmm. It's just one mm-hmm. perspective. Now, installment, just to uh, get the audience uh, on board, is the process of connecting, embodying, and expressing your soul. Connecting, embodying, and expressing. You can connect and then embody and then express. You can do it in different ways. That's the process of installment. Now, when you see an amazing writer, an amazing movie, an amazing actress, an amazing dancer, these are very highly insult people. Of course, they have skills. Um, uh, we're going to talk about mm-hmm. skills because, mm-hmm. we, and this yes. is the part yes. of the embodiment, you see? So a great dancer, composer, mathematician, uh, programmer is a person that's actually through the development of skills, through the embodiment of what they love doing, which is dancing, composing, managing, that you can have an amazing leader, okay? Incredible leaders that can facilitate a whole series of, of generational movement, okay? Martin Luther King, Mahatma Gandhi, all incredible leaders. These are people who embodied their soul and expressed it out to the world. These are highly insoled people, okay? Now, so the insolment is the process of connecting, embodying, and expressing our souls, not only on a personal level, you can see when a couple or when a family is really in soul, you can see how they're all empowering, generating. They're a yes, we can to everybody in the family. You can see a functional, healthy family. That's an in family. Okay. So the insolment happens also at the personal, collective, and even state governance, politicians, so the installment is at all levels. So I'm gonna I'm gonna move in this in this kind yeah. of playground yeah. Yeah. to talk about this process and how basically right. it's related to technology because something is happening here that is exponentially faster and quicker and we kind of have no control over it, almost have no control. Then yes. what is the role of the soul and how do we bring soul and technology? Are they even related and how are they related? Well, let me ask you this. I think you, a couple of things you pinpointed in there. One is that this this this, this takes work, right? This is not a, a walk in the park because uh, there may be periods of time where you are asleep at the wheel or caught in the maw of the system or in the day-to-day, right? Um, and so it's just like you are in the elevator, you're working, you're and all of a sudden, oh, wait a minute, right? So, and then the the, the, the stuff one goes through personally, you know, to to sort of uh, wake up is work, right? A great dancer works at it, right? I mean, there's a lot of work there. Um, the other thing you mentioned is, uh, in fact, it's very interesting. You, when this, the t- let me touch on the technology a little bit because one of the things that's going on is that through these technologies now, it appears we're in a position to accelerate technology to accelerate discovery, right? Uh, I I mentioned to you before our call that the latest uh, Scientific American here, February, has an article about the guy who's 
is that deep mind, right? And the point he makes here is that when you combine the mind with AI, you can accelerate discovery, right? So as a species, are we ready for that? Uh, how, what, how careful should we be? What decisions? What oversight? How should the public be involved? Information? Risk? I mean, I think this question of does technology need a soul is probably important because we're at this pivotal point. I know you feel this as well. You know, Gerald, the soul is the innermost essence of something. The innermost essence. So we are souls having a human experience. Your dog is a soul having a dog experience. Based on the installment model, it's a quite, I've been thinking about and downloading and channeling and uh, teaching and guiding through this process now for probably since 2010. So this is about 12 years. The process of installment, the process of connecting and expressing your soul on all levels is a process of discovery. Now, what you're describing about the mind, the soul is embodied in this particular vessel or this particular suit or this particular bio, bio uh, form, okay? We have a mind. What happens the last probably... 30, 40, 50 years, there's an acceleration of the mind and the way the mind is processing information and is creating realities and creating technologies and infrastructure outside of itself, okay, like the internet, like uh, the artificial intelligence. And these qualities or these capacities have to be guided by the right level of ethics, of wisdom, depth of connection to the interconnectivity and the magic and the preciousness of life. It's like giving an atomic bomb to leaders that are totalitarian regime that don't have this awareness that we're all connected and if we bomb in this part, then eventually it's going to impact my people. So I'm saying this because we have accelerated mental development. We have accelerated developing the mind and the creations of the mind. So science and technology are a creation of the mind. Okay. We've accelerated this and we've just kind of, developing slowly and steadily our ethical inner work, interconnected work, ecological understanding. So we're very, very, very quickly developing the mind while all other aspects of our society are slowly developing. This is where the risk is, that the people who are making decisions, the CEO of ChatGPT, the people at Microsoft who are pouring billions of dollars into AI, these people are thinking about market. They're thinking about the future in terms of technology, which is wonderful. We want them to think like this. 
But the question is, are they thinking about the soul of humanity? Are they thinking about the soul of the planet? Are they thinking about the soul of their grand-grandchildren, 12 generations, as the indigenous would think about? Is this what's managing their long-term thinking? Or are they just thinking about, let me just run, gallop forward with developing the next tool that will allow me to create an unbelievable breakthrough in, in, in business and technology. If we're thinking only about business and technology, it's very dangerous. It is similar to cancer in the body, where the growth of the cancer is having a trajectory that's not aligned with the entire organism, which is the core of what's missing with our technology development. I believe it. I'm a technologist. I love using technology as a tool, but we are not a tool anymore. We're actually being used by technology. There's no one place that we go into without our technology. So instead of using technology as a tool, we are being used. Who is we? Our life force. So all I'm saying is like, hey, okay, I love technology. I love where we're headed. There's no way we could stop it. But all I'm saying, are we developing our ethics, our consciousness, our interconnected biological, ecological perspective at the same rate that the technology is developing? That's my only question. And so far, I'm getting no. This is why I am concerned. Right, yeah. And I think this is really an important time to be be even looking at this question, because as you know, uh, worldwide right now, tens of thousands of young people who thought their future was in technology are now being laid off. Uh, and there, there's a moment here of possible awakening, right? There's a moment here in which a lot of those people and a lot of people listening here can say, hey, wait a minute. You know, was I doing what I wanted to be doing anyway? Or is there a way to apply this in a way differently? You know, for example, the fellow here at DeepMind, what he applies this to is to figuring out uh, how proteins fold, right? And he has an application here where they, you know, applied this tool there. And now he wants to turn this over to the people who are doing gene editing, right? But his idea is, okay, we're going to use this to cure disease. We're going to use this to make ourselves healthier, right? Okay. So I think it's at that level of of the decision that we're talking about, which is, hey, look, the technology is fine. No one's saying we're against technology. What we're saying is, what are we using this for? What is the consciousness of that, right? So can we use this t- to cure disease, to make our music better, to make our creativity better, uh, to open up hearts, to increase the level of compassion? Uh, you know, so maybe there's some people who are listening to this that go, oh, yes, you're right. You know, that maybe what I can do is figure out how to, to use this for something better and not just how to, you know, do another vaping thing, right? Where, oh, we have this great technology. We're going to tell people it does this. But what we're actually going to do is put, you know, nicotine in here to make sure that small kids are addicted so we can turn the cash register here and make a lot of money, uh, you know, externalize all the costs, internalize the revenue, 
and make a lot of money, right? And that seems to be the driving force in a lot of this. And we're both concerned about that. So I agree, Gerald. And there's a, even a deeper question. So if all our artists, our composers, our writers can be artificially, we can create artificial intelligence that actually does it somewhat different or better. Um, and we are exporting all of our human capacities to the machine. And like I said, I don't think we can stop that or slow it down. What we could do is accelerate our own inner conscious development and improving our inner capacities, which means what really makes us unique? We have a body, a bio, bio form that is incredibly sophisticated. Now, one of the ways I use insolment is in my clinic here. I have a private practice where people come with different physical, mental, emotional issues. And instead of going to the hospital, we work with their unconscious. We work with their energy system. We work with their soul to guide their healing. So because when you get cut, the body knows what to do, how to align all the tissue and how to create a perfect new skin, like as if nothing happened, the body has the capacity, the mental body, emotional body, physical body has the capacity to heal itself. So there's a tremendous amount of dormant, untapped on potential of human bioform that is not tapped into at all. Now, what does it mean that I'm an information system architect and I'm a clairvoyant? How can I know things about people when they come to me and I, I see things and, and, and the people's like, how did you know I just came back from Alaska? I mean, so I don't know anything. All I'm doing is I'm developing a capacity to read energy. I'm developing a capacity to connect with the unconscious of another person. So we cannot slow down or stop technology. What we could do is develop inner capacities. Inner capacities yes. for healing, remote viewing, remote seeing, remote connection, actually getting oriented by seeing. So there's so many capacities that we have not tapped into as human beings. Instead of doing that, what are we doing today? We're exporting all this to a machine. So instead of learning how to write in Stanford or Harvard or any university, we're going to a chat GPT to write an article for us? How about learning to think? How about learning? So look, this will continue and businesses are going to use it because we're still very, very driven by profit. But the question is, could we expand this drive to the well-being and abundance of the whole species? This is what interests me. And if we want well-being for the whole species, we must consider the human soul. What is special about the human soul? And what is yes. special about this planet? I mean, the more we learn about the magical capacity of this planet, the more we understand how little we are. I mean, look at an earthquake that happened a few days ago at 2 a.m. in the morning, local time. The earth just moved. Tectonic plates just moved, sneezed. And 11,000 people are dead and counting. Okay, so... What I'm trying to say, we, we, we want to start to look at the bigger forces that are operating on the planet inside of us, 
on a cosmic scale and develop our consciousness wide enough, deep enough, high enough, so we can actually expand our own vessel and not export all of that to technology because guess what happened there? When we export all of our capacity to technology, we become dependent. Like you don't know yet how to navigate with the sun, with the, with the moon, with the, um, with, the, with the stars anymore. We lost this capacity. We go to Waze and Google Maps. Guess what? What happens if Google Maps go down? You have no idea how to get from one place to another. That is right. the cost. Because see, even the healthcare system today, we're going to MRI. Guess what? You can sit in meditation and do an MRI on your body and talk with your cancer and transmute the cancer. Talk with the mechanism that is activating it in your brain. But we're not doing it all. We're just going and galloping forward, developing more machines, more tools, more AI, more crypto. But guess what? This is, this is going to continue. We want to rebalance it by developing our own capacity. To connect with oh, ourselves, to connect yeah. with ourselves, to connect with our environment, and to bring a new objective. The new objective is the well-being and the welfare of all being on the planet. This is the new objective. And when we're able to yes. do that on a personal scale, on a collective scale, on a technological scale, then we're absolutely insoling humanity. And then it's no problem. Let, let technology roam free, but we know we're living our soul. That's that's what I'm yeah, I'm interested yeah. about. I love that because you know what people are people who work in AI are quick to tell you is that uh, you know the AI machine doesn't actually know anything. There actually is no intelligence in here. What it's doing is a really nice job of copying, right? It's just going through the database, and it's the, the probability of of this word following that word, right? But it doesn't know anything, right? So when you ask it a question about cancer, it doesn't actually understand cancer. It doesn't understand cancer in your family or, or what it, how it affects your children or, or a, a whole host of things, right? So there's no actual intelligence there. Correct. But guess what? What is interesting is I'm all for using technology as a tool. So if you have 100 million cases of cancer and you do statistics on the behavior of the cancer, you can learn about things from what's happening in the collective culture. You can learn of how cancer develops, what if you smoke 50 years, some people don't get cancer, some people do. Let's see, let's find the correlation, okay? So Mm -hmm. the, the technology can give us a tool as like a second, third, fourth degree counseling okay but the first counselor is yourself okay right what do i mean by that because we're going and googling everything when we have a problem on where something is going on somebody has diabetes somebody has problems with their with their you know heart somebody this oh heart disease oh da da da. so when we start going googling outside we're missing something that has a much higher grade quality information for you which is yourself so I invite uh, people, I invite people, and that's a part of insolment. When something is going off in your body, how about sit down? How about taking a breath? How about asking your body, tell me, what's happening? Why is my heart racing? Why am I having high blood pressure? 
Why am I having all of a sudden diabetes? I've never had diabetes. Why am I having... So having a conversation with the essence that is alive in you, which is your body and your soul. Now, this conversation, like I said, it's a discovery process. It doesn't happen in one day. You cannot decode, discover, and decipher the information your body is giving you all in one sitting. But guess what? If you sit every day five minutes, all of a sudden you're like, ooh, aha, insights come. The unconscious start talking. You have dreams. You have messages that are coming to you. Somebody is sending you an article. All of a sudden you're introduced to somebody. This is the universe talking to you, okay? And it's not a hoo-hoo-ha. It's nothing about that. It's really the system is talking to you versus Google is answering your questions that may not be relevant to you at all because you're an African-American and the, 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 the data that this, this research is talking is about Chinese or indigenous. So it has nothing to do with you. So what I'm trying to say is you could use technology, you could use artificial intelligence as a third, fourth, fifth grade kind of quality information, but the higher grade, the highest grade is your body and your soul. And what could be better time spent than getting to know your body and your soul? And what does your soul want? When my soul realized, when my personality, which is the human aspect connecting my body and my soul, realized that, yeah, I'm a great information architect. I'm a great IT person. I'm a great businesswoman. I started and launched multi-million dollar businesses. Great. But my soul was not really turned on by this. My soul was turned on by understanding the code of reality. I'm like, whoa, that's a tall order. Not, not, not the code of consciousness, not the code of the human psyche, not the code of psychology, but of how reality is created and how does it evolve? Well, because my soul is so passionate about it, I spend time doing it while doing many other things that my soul is telling me to do, okay? And when my soul told me, how's Gerald doing? I haven't talked to you for a few years. And I called you and it's like, oh yeah, and Nali, why don't, then things just unfold because I just, I'm following the guidance of my soul. So the, the core uh, kind of message, if there's nothing else that, that uh, the, the audience is getting out of this conversation is, who is your soul? What is this? How does it communicate to you? Is it through art? Is it through code? Is it through having a family? Like, what does your soul want, really? And are you listening? Oh, yeah. In fact, I have to tell the listeners here that, you know, during our conversations, I've had some discoveries in my in my own life around, you know, a health condition that was related to my attachment to sugar. And as I have uh, worked through that, I have learned a lot of things that we've been able to share about that. So, again, uh, this book is not a quick read. And I, I just want to First of all, I want, I want to compliment you on what a wonderful writer you are. You know, I have written a book myself, but uh, for you to even, you know, as you were going through this, to, to put this all on paper in a way that we can share it and read it and think about it and uh, interact with it. Uh, so just a, a magnificent job on, on the book. And I would encourage, you know, anyone who really wants to get into this to to do it. But let, let me ask you to go one more step down deeper here, because it's, it's sort of like, you know, my, my own experience, which is that um, who you really are 
and how deep into that one wants to go touches on a lot of things, including uh, how you think about yourself. Uh, do you love yourself? Uh, in the process of loving yourself, how are you loving others? Uh, what's happening in your love life? Uh, how is it being reflected there? Right? Uh, I mean, there's a lot of stuff one has to go through in this ensoulment process. And I know there's a, a part of it that you say you're in this sort of soullessness, right? When you're really in there, it gets a little murky. Yes, yes. So I'm going to talk about it. It's a very important part, actually. Um, the installment process has, has five phases. And the installment, pro I'm not going to go into it because it's a lot of information. Maybe I will get to it at some point. <clears throat> but the installment process is not just a one process that happens in one place. It happens in multiple dimensions. So you can go through an installment with your relationship to your body and how you eat. You can go through an installment process with your relationship, your intimate, close relationship. You can go through an installment with your career. You can go through an installment with your, um, the way you express yourself. You can go through an installment process with health crisis that you may have. Okay. So, the installment process is the ongoing coming closer to your true essence and let that essence heal you. Let that essence inform you. Let your that deep, deep essence that you are guide you. Okay? So that's the installment, and it happens on many levels. Now, in installment, after the wake up, sometimes we descend into soullessness. We descend into all the places as a country. Hello, look at America under Trump. Look at Israel under Netanyahu. I mean, you know, so let's, there are leaders who, you know, and I, I'm not going to go politics because I'm not a politician. Sure, sure, okay, sure. no, mm -hmm. but there are some dark ages. There are some dark ages when you have totalitarian regime, really uh, 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 racist, uh, mm -hmm. fragmented, mm -hmm. uh, um, mm -hmm. And the list goes on and on and on. These are dark ages, actually. These are soulless places of this political uh, uh, governance system. You understand? So the political system can have, even within itself, it can have a different levels of installment in different areas. Okay? So in some areas, it can be completely soulless. And in other areas, it can be pretty good. It's pretty... Supportive, you know, supporting the, the people, mm -hmm. bringing more mm -hmm. more pr prosperity and so forth. So there is the soullessness. Then there's alchemical process. But before you leave that, what I want, what I took from this is that one should not run away from the darkness. Yes. So I'm going to go into soullessness now. Yes. Yes. Because all of our life experiences, both as a person, as a collective, as a species, We've had a lot, a lot of wounding, pain, trauma, being the, 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 unfortunately, we afflicted the pain and trauma, and we were on the receiver end of the starvation, rape, genocide, wars, you name it, okay? There's so much of it, neglect. So there's so much of these 
pretty harsh global uh, phenomena that happened throughout history, that they are all actually embedded in our body. And, you know, when somebody comes to me to the clinic, I look at how they look. I look at how they walk because their body is speaking the journey of their soul. You go to a country, the country, the way the country looks. I mean, I travel a lot. If you go to Greece or if you go to Peru or if you go to the U.S., the country speaks the soul of the country. Okay, the way the country looks. So all the soullessness of America, the soullessness of Israel, the soullessness of my own self, all the areas that I'm still not in soul, that I don't have a soul there, this is happening on a personal level and on a global level. Okay? Mm-hmm. Now, so the shadow, in, in union psychology, we call it the shadow. We cannot kind of... Um, sweep them under the table and say, oh, I don't care what my mom did to me or my dad was very abusive or somebody just had the molestation or abuse or, or they, my, my dad was really strict and never was home. These are deep, deep wounding that we know through deep processes are impacting every decision that we make. Now, I'm not saying to dwell mm-hmm. in the wounding, but I'm saying recognizing them, healing them, and then moving to the next level of integration with the overall psyche, with the overall consciousness on a personal level and on a collective level, which is what's happening with Black Lives Matter, with with Me Too. We cannot ignore these movements. These are critical movements that are trying to integrate, okay, mm-hmm. Black mm-hmm. lives, women's life, children's life into the entire collective so we can operate not from a soulless place, because I'm sorry, the way the way blacks are so not only blacks but all indigenous and all people of color are treated in America. Come on, there there is a there has been a soullessness. There's a wake up call right now, yes. which is a very interesting. Yes, it's a good example for the Black Lives Matter. What's happening in Iran? There's a wake up to own this disowned part to integrate them with the collective psyche and to ensoul America, so everybody is equal sitting on the table. Truly equal, not the same, not sameness, but equal in terms of right. privilege. Sure, 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 sure. Now, the um, there's, there's a part of when you're in this soulness and you're dealing with the pain, but eventually you, you reach this, this alchemical stage, I think is what you call it, which you are beginning to bring some form, some understanding, some some direction, some movement, uh, which I think is really interesting because when we think about technology, right, and people involved in this, one of the things we're suggesting is there may be a period of time where it's messy, where, 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 where we may be stopping development or regulating it or overseeing or whatever, and it's really messy, okay, in fact, they're interesting. How many people in the industry now are actually asking for regulation in certain areas, right? So, for example, Bitcoin, right? Okay, which is another thing. Now, all of a sudden, everyone's begging, oh, please come in and save us from ourselves because we made such a mess of this thing, right? Okay, but it, it's like that. So there's messiness, right? But then there is eventually, you know, this, this alchemical stage, and I want you to talk a little bit about that as well because I want people to understand we're not just – as we've been saying, we're not saying stop technology, but we're saying this ensoulment process 
is a way of getting it to a deeper purpose, right? And a, and a deeper set of actually innovation and creativity, probably tied to advancing human potential. Yes, exactly, exactly. So this is a beautiful uh, direction you're taking us. I'm going to talk about, so doing the inner healing and inner inquiry and inner soul searching and soul healing is very important on a personal level and collective level. There's an alchemical process where the past and the future, kind of like the crystallis, you know, I, I, I talk about it in the book, like you're not quite a butterfly, but you're not quite the, 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 the warm, the, the, okay. You're, you're kind of in between state. Now we are right now as a species and in technology, we are in this in between state. And do we want to sell our soul to technology? Do we really want to become this big head with small bodies, small, small (laughs) degenerative arms and, 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 and nothing, just big mind kind of on, on a computer or or already plugged in into the metrics out. Is this what we want? So we are in the middle of an alchemical process of a human mutation. This is why I am begging for insoled leaders, insoled technology programmers, insoled technology leaders who can lead this process of alchemical transmutation because we are in the midst of a human mutation. This is a mutation we're going through, okay? Now, we're either going to go to the singularity movement, which says, hey, plug me in, give me, plug me in with the neural Neuralink and Elon Musk. Okay, great. You know, they have good intention, but where is the overarching looking at the motivation and the ecology of the technology within the overall human evolution? Where are the true True thinkers, leader, where are the wise technology developers? And wisdom is not information. Wisdom is not knowledge. Wisdom comes with experience. Wisdom comes with the ability to see that it's all about love. We are all interconnected. And how could we bring a thriving reality here? This is wisdom. When a person comes to me and tells me it's all about love, I'm like, aho. When somebody comes to me, we're all interconnected. Yes, baby. And when somebody tells me, I don't care just about my country. I care about the region. I, I care about the whole planet. I'm like, yes, this is wisdom. When I see wise leaders coming in the door, coming into my clinic, wise CEOs, and I work with CEOs and I work with many people around the world, when they come into my, 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 uh, my, my sphere, I'm hopeful because this type of wisdom, this, this type of insoled wisdom is necessary to guide the process of our mutation, of our evolutionary mutation. We can no longer work in silos and say, I don't care what they say over there. I'm going to just write this chat GPT and I'm going to make version 10.0. Whoa, 10.0 means you can also code things that are very harming, that can inject viruses to your computer just through this conversation. So there's a whole, instead of releasing, releasing and galloping forward with technology, the invitation here is to wake up, first of all, all the wise leaders, wake them up. Wise leaders unite, wise technologies unite, okay? To create a global movement that says, hey, who are we as, as a species? Who is our soul? What about the soul of this, of this beautiful planet? I mean, yeah, we're going into, into Mars, we're going to the moon, but this planet is magnificent. 
Are we really acknowledging the beauty and the wisdom and the intelligence this planet has to offer? No, no, no. We're just like, oh, yeah, I don't care about this planet. We're going to dump it. Let's just go to the moon. Let's just go to Mars. Hold on. Let's look at the Amazon, the incredible intelligence of Amazonian life force. So the invitation here through the alchemy process, and I'm going back to the solacenes and alchemy, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is sure. in the midst of this mutation that we're going through, one scenario is to become half machine, half human, which gradually mm-hmm. will give birth to just completely machine. Like we'll have something that will have very, very little bioform and everything will be like the metrics in the movies, You'll upload your consciousness. Yeah, it's coming. Not in this generation, but it's coming. But this is one evolutionary trajectory. What I'm calling is I'm calling to deepen our connection with our soul, with our human essence, with our embodied capacities, okay? Then to embody it on a personal level and on a global level and let the wise leaders that are knowing this interconnected Okay, you can just, okay, I use in the books the metaphor of the body. It's like, oh, I don't need this liver. Uh, let me cut it off. Let me just cut it off. I don't need a liver. Oh, I, I don't need this this kind of throat or this, this uh, I don't need it. Let, let me cut and paste it with some artificial, more advanced. Well, guess what? This intelligence that we have in our body is an intelligence that developed through millions of years now. The downsides of this, it is a very slow evolution, okay? Yes. But what happens with epigenetic, we know that cultural imprinting really impacts your gene. So you can actually activate and deactivate genes at will. And guess what? If you can teach your consciousness to do that, your soul to do that, then you don't need to see a doctor one day in your life, okay? So Mm -hmm. this Mm -hmm. is what Mm insomnia is trying to teach. It's trying to give us full ownership and full governance on our own capacities, further develop these capacities alongside technology in a way that technology becomes a tool and doesn't use our life force so it can expand its, its, uh, its kingdom. Because this is what's happening right now. We're unconsciously giving all of our attention, all of our energy, all of our billions of dollars, resources to develop a technology that eventually is going to gallop us in it's going to literally going to, going to uh, 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 suck our energy force. And we are left with nothing, actually. We're left as slaves to these machines. In slavery, we know how wounding of a problem it is in our humanity. But now we just created a new construct reality that we become slaves to it eventually. Okay? So all I'm right, saying, right, let's use right. it as a yeah. tool, but not giving up. And the way to do it is through installing our governance Insulting our leadership and insulting the way we develop a technology, but it starts with ourselves. Right now, let, let, let me let me give you one more thing on what you talk about, which is the, um, the 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 courage, and I use the word courage, that people need to step up to to go into this process. Because as you said, you know, when you see how hard this is, you, you may want to run away from this. May, oh well, you know what. My life is happy. I, you know, I, I have this this nice toy, and you know, I got these drugs I can take, or you know, I can go, you know, smoke a pot or or whatever, or, or you know. So we have all these toys, all these things that, you know, particularly the more wealthy you are, 
you know, like the, the more toys you have to distract you, <laughs> right? Right. So we're asking people, you know, in this installment process is kind of put the toys down, right? And, uh, you, you know, you mentioned the Hoffman process, and as you know, I was uh, very, very involved in that, and people can look that up if they want, because uh, it's also about personal transformation. But uh, what we say is when you're ready, really ready for change, you know, come see us, right? And to some degree, that's what we're talking about here. Uh, we're talking about real change, and but we're saying also, I think, that the gift of that may be vast areas of creativity, vast new areas of discovery, vast new areas of expanding the human potential. That's what we're talking about. Vast, deep levels of peace, deep level of well-being, deep level of connectedness. I see you. I feel love to you. I go out on a hike in the morning. I say hi to everybody around me. So there's a level of peace. There's a level of connectedness. There's a level of joie de vivre that no gadget, no tool, no weed will give you. And if it does, then you're addicted to it because you keep going to it to get it, to get the fix, okay? You get your fix either through, and you know, I, I, I see thousands of people in my clinic. And what I can tell you is there's a lot of distractions and addiction and if it's not distraction and addiction, then it's habits that are not really empowering us. And all these are yes. numbing our soul. I'm not saying, hey, go watch Netflix. I love Netflix. I love it. It's fine. We can use it as an integral, healthy part of our life. But the yes. levels of potentials that you mentioned, the level of human potential, the level of personal potential that is available at our fingertips, at, inside our heart, inside our soul, is it's not even exponential it's quadruple exponential of what's what's available when a person is truly living their soul truly doing things mm -hmm. they love truly in mm -hmm. a relationship mm -hmm. and in an environment that they love it's way more than creativity and discovery and human potential it's deep level of satisfaction and of uh -huh. i'm in the right place i mean i mean i'm doing what i love and the world is my oyster. And, and yes, bring it on. Okay. So there's a whole nother level of vitality and health. And then what happens? You are so overflowing with goodness that all you want to do is give it to others. All you want to do is tell Benjamin Netanyahu, honey, look at your Syrian friends. They're under the ruins. Come on, let's send them some, some health. So, you know, so you want to help because you're so overflown with resources and with goodness that you want to help mm -hmm. your neighbors, even though you have no diplomatic relationship with Syria, let's go help them. Mm -hmm. Why? Because they are fellow humans. They are fellow friends. Okay. So you become a source of goodness, a source of love and a source of creativity and goodness for others. And you help them in their healing process and you help the country in the healing process. I think that's one of the reasons I came back to, to Israel because it needed some healing mm -hmm. and people around me, I'm like, yeah. okay, I'm coming. I'm coming. Now, I'm doing my own healing, too. Don't get me wrong. Trust me. If sure, you, sure, sure. If, if yeah. you read my book, you know I have many, many, many soulless places that I'm working through, okay? So I'm not mm -hmm, coming here. Mm -hmm, oh, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm all None in soul. None of us soul. are perfect. No, no, yeah. no, not at all. None of us are perfect. I have so many places I'm, I'm working and I'm, <laughs> I'm being challenged and I'm being like, I'm like, oh, my God, really? Again? Now this? Okay. So. Oh, yeah. But the good news is 
the more insold you are in more areas of your life, in more areas of your country, the quicker you bounce back when you have a trigger or when you have a disease or when you have something, you bounce back quicker because you have the inner resources to bring you back to health. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. So let me, uh, we got about another two or three minutes here. Make sure I'm right. So uh, let's, let's, let's uh, maybe talk about some of the steps uh, we think uh, a person or the technology development mega eclex. <laughs> you know, I've been reading this, this book on, on the metaverse to try to, you know, understand that, that thing. Right. Uh, and I've had programs on genetic engineering here, you know, at the club. Right. Uh, and so it's like, well, okay, people, uh, we do want you to have a soul. So, well, well, Gerald and Natalie, what do you want me to do? Right. You know? And so, um, you know, we talked about this, 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 this waking up process, right? But maybe it starts with people asking questions and doing, I think, what you call deep listening. There's, there's a deep listening aspect that, that, that's involved here. Listening to my heart, listening to at the soul level. There's a, a, a way that one has to get to know oneself. Yes. Wow. So the process always starts with ourselves. So we start with ourselves by asking questions of ourselves. Is this the life I want to be living? Is this who I truly am? Am I really full out in myself, in the world? If the answer is yes, then great. You're, you're, go ahead. Go ahead. It's all good. If the answer is like, well, yes, and this area of my life, my health, my child, my line of work, I actually want to be a designer. I, I, I want to be a fashion designer. I don't want to be a doctor. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, just an example, okay? These are gateways to starting the installment process in these domains, okay? So it is asking questions. This is one life that I have right now. Am I truly living my life? Or am I kind of tired? I'm like, oh, Nali, come on. I'm not going to go now into these questions. I'm 50 years old. I'm 60. I'm 70. Well, guess what? My mom is 90 and she's asking herself these questions and she's still improving. She's 90, 90. Now, I'm saying this because when we got her an iPad, she's like, what is this iPad? She didn't even know how to hold it. So, no, really, and it, it, it would be sliding and she would be like opening five screens at the same time because her hands are kind of clumsy. I'm saying this because she, if she could learn an iPad at 90, I bet you could learn who is your soul. And what is your soul telling you? You can do it through just, just one thing. It, it doesn't have to be now a massive change. I didn't do a massive change. I started with one thing after another. First, I left my work. I sold my company. Then I went traveling. Then, But that's my installment process. It doesn't mean it's your installment. Maybe your installment process starts with connecting with your body and getting it back into balance, okay? That's maybe an installment kind of doorway. So what I would say, the first step is to find through, it's, it's not even finding, it's discovering through an inner process of who is your soul, what is she telling you? Even when, when you're showering, who are you, my soul? Who are you, my soul? Tell me. Ooh, I'm, 
I'm the color in the sky. I was like, I'm the color in the sky? What is that answer? So at the beginning, it would be cryptid. And I talk about it in the books. At the beginning, the conversation from the soul is cryptid. But the more you engage in it, the more it's, it opens its magic and its majesty to you. And so it's a personal process. And then gradually transitioning from all the places that you know, you know for sure that's not installment for you. If I'm smoking, sorry, not installment. I don't care what you tell me. If I'm abusing my child, sorry, not installment. If I'm being um, retreating from people, like there's behaviors that are all symptoms of soullessness. So to start looking at all the places where we have soullessness, both in, in ourselves, in our communities, in our governance structures, and gradually and organically moving toward installment. It's a gradual organic process, like a plant. A plant doesn't grow in a second. It's gradually, it has sprouting. It has this kind of shoots. It goes, it expands, it orients toward the sun, which is exactly the, the installment process. And then all of a sudden you see a really healthy plant, okay? It gets, so it's the same with installment process. So it starts with the self and orienting toward what is your soul telling you in all areas of your life, including technology, including genetic engineering, including everything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think the, um, I, I, I think the, thing I would hope from this conversation that we have here is that not only are people going through that on a personal level, right, but when they when they go into their offices and their places of work, right, that they begin to ask questions around, well, w- w- what are we doing here? Uh, how are we applying what we're learning? Right, I go back to the to the deep mind fellow, right? Because remember, uh, several years ago, there was a, a Chinese scientist who did a genetic engineering thing on two twin embryos, right? Okay, because he was so interested in personally jumping ahead. Right. He wanted to be the first. Right. Okay. And so it's that kind of thing that worries me. Uh, Is that these are individual decisions deep within these institutions, but they're individual decisions driven by individual motivations which are soulless, right? And I think that is, I hope what anyone takes from this conversation is that you cannot be stuck way in the bowels of Facebook or Google or whatever startup you're doing, right? And, you know, when you make that decision to, for example, I go back to the the vaping, you know, to put the nicotine in there, and then they have a bubblegum flavor. Then, then you know what you were doing. And I, I think that's what we're asking here is if you're an individual involved here and you're doing soul level work, it should be influencing the decisions you're making daily. Yes. Yes. 
And we need insult leaders. Gerald, this is my call. I'm calling all the insult leaders that are still in process of insolment. All of us are in continuous process of insolment, but I'm calling insult wise leaders, technology leaders, politicians, healthcare systems, educational systems. We need you. We need you to insult our systems. And at the same time, then use technology as a tool. No problem. We love technology. I love technology. It's wonderful. You've been listening to the Commonwealth Club of California. Hear thousands of our podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Stitcher. If you like what you've heard, please consider supporting our work and help us bring 500 programs a year to listeners like you. Go to commonwealthclub.org donate. Think your way around the world with our travel programs to exciting domestic and international destinations. And when you're in the Bay Area, please join us live at our events. Thank you for listening and for your support. Thank you.